I was chatting recently with someone about being an introvert, and I brought up the word ambivert. And as what happens so often when I do, they didn't know, they didn't hear that term before. And it's kind of funny. It strikes me as such a pragmatic, useful thing. And I, I know I encountered the idea of an ambivert in one of the Dan Pink books, either um, To Sell as Human or was it A Whole New Mind? At least I think that's the title of, the, of that book which is based on one of his TED Talks and whatnot. Um, Dan Pink, uh, he, he presents a lot of interesting research re- related to, um, well, psychology and education and then some practical applied application aspect of it, such as, well, the case with uh, To Sell as Human, because that's a whole interesting theme topic that I should do a separate update on this month related to working on improving how I sell stuff that, uh, that I work on, but that's not the topic right now, even though it's somewhat related. I dive, uh, I, I'm, ex- I'm wandering off here. So being an amber ambivert means that you have some kind of mix of traits of, of being both an introvert and an extrovert. And I've also seen this term other, another term, an omnivert, which sounds like you don't care if you consume, uh, you know, both extroverts and introverts provide you calories, which I don't know, (laughs) uh, you know, so I don't use that term. Um, but I feel like I do possess a mix of really feeling like it's, um, it's a, it's a personal emotional expense to do performance that connects a lot of people and their attention all at, you know, w- when the eyes are on you and you're doing something in a, in a large group, or even if the eyes aren't all on you, it's just a very intense social exchange for, you know, some, for some reason, whatever makes it intense. Um, it, it's, I, I experience that and then I need to go away and recharge. And, and so anyone, anytime someone says that, well, um, intense social interaction really is a, is a, a some kind of emotionally expensive thing for an introvert. I think, yeah, totally. That's I feel that way. But then also when someone describes uh, an extrovert in how they can get a um, like a lot of uh, let's see satisfaction and purpose and uh, energy from being a point of attention in a group and in the right situation, I feel that way too. And it just, so I I wouldn't self-identify as either introvert or extrovert, but I do uh, relate very much to both perspectives. So it comes up in conversation and that got me thinking about wanting to do a little bit of journaling about this. And I reflect back on when I first switched from, I, I was working in, in um, sort of a, a physical labor kind of job. And I was a, I was a manager and I did a lot of training. I did a lot of, uh, I did a lot of teaching and hiring and all that kind of stuff. And I did that for, um, you know, multiple locations. I was, but it was a, it was a physical labor kind of thing. And I was doing that while I was starting my business, making video games and then doing some, um, some other consulting that led to getting, you know, getting, um, well hired on to 
well, do that full time. So then I, I left that physical labor industry and was working at a desk. And then suddenly I was in meetings and in these, this is a really different day-to-day experience. My, you know, beginning and end of my day, the whole thing was like, it was very different in a, in a welcome different way. I super had, was, was energized and validated and excited to, to be of use and service in, in a different way using uh, more of my, I don't know, communication and creativity and thinking and, and uh, technology skills. It was pretty exciting. So, but yet I would be, I would find myself in, in meetings and, you know, as you do in an office environment commonly, and I'd be in meetings with folks talking through different problems about needing to publish stuff to the web or more wondering or debating about the merits of, of the web in general. And, and, um, there was a lot of parties with a lot of points of view using a lot of language I wasn't familiar with, um, acronyms, uh, a variety of jargon, general business jargon, industry specific jargon and all this stuff. And I didn't feel like I had a lot to say. (laughs) I was listening. I was learning a lot. I I took a ton of notes and I didn't feel like I even had enough understanding to ask useful questions in the beginning. But then over time, as I took more notes, as I thought more about how do I apply this stuff I know about getting things on the web and making a thoughtful web presence and all these other things that I both knew and had you know been working on to that point and, and actually was continuing to study, of course. And so eventually I would have something to share or at least a useful question about um, just feeling confident enough to say to then safe enough to, to ask, well, what does that mean? And sometimes it would be having a meeting with other folks after a, a large, a small meeting after a big meeting and, and to, to, you know, for people who are willing to take me under their wing and give me some, some more context and stuff. So eventually I found, um, I found ways to ask, ask useful questions and then, Eventually, a while after that, I would actually recommend things and share a point of view or commentary on what was what was being said. But it took time to build up, and I think that's a combination of um, me understanding the environment and how what I had to offer fit the environment more, and uh, and having enough time to get to that point, and then you know, being in the right kind of meetings that actually was open to someone who was new to, to share some questions and and whatnot, or a newish compared to everyone else in the room. And, uh, you know, because if any one of those things weren't present, then it would be hard to get traction and feel comfortable to speak up. And once in a while, which would, this was the best thing is that sometimes someone experienced would ask me directly that, Oh, well, Hey, you are the, um, I think my title was web architect at the time, or, or it became that after a while. And it was like, well, what do you think? What's your recommendation? What, what, how would you go about even, um, you know, solving this? Like what makes sense to put on the homepage? What makes sense? How do we figure this out? And so once I would be asked that, then I, I, you're handed the sort of spotlight at that point. 
And so it's an incredibly helpful thing to do. If you're, if you're a person in the room that's more comfortable or has some kind of foothold via status or something, it's really important to share that. And I, I was fortunate enough to benefit from that and to, it helps build, it helped build my confidence. Um, because it was a huge change going from where I was in, in a different industry to going to being a total newbie in, in this new context. And I think we can all experience that when you go from one place to another. So maybe you were at least an ambivert or maybe somewhat extroverted and, and then you go to a new place and then are you, are you instantly the same? Do, do extroverts really, uh, you know, I guess if, if that's truly how you're wired. Um, so this is where I don't feel like I'm truly extroverted is that I think the most extroverted of all of us, they tend to have that in any environment. And uh, at least it seems like that to me. I don't know. So one, the next kind of um, progression toward, I think, uh, my comfort in being an ambivert was how it's just really useful sometimes to share what you learn. And I found myself in a situation where I both wanted and needed to do some teaching because of a system that I helped build and design and the need to um, spread and share and, and help bring others in as far as becoming, becoming users of it and also giving them some context and to be successful. So I was doing a little bit of uh, like a like usability and user centered design one oh one introductory stuff plus hey here's a tool set to publish things and whatnot and and then being in that position to to um well to teach I had this context where it was sort of well the spotlight was just was on me and so it was the you know it would be not helpful for the folks who showed up to that class if I wasn't willing to stand up and talk and share and progress their own agenda to share some learning experiences and, and, and um, demonstrations. So, and also to say, well, once, once folks were actually trying this stuff out in class, to, to be there as a support resource, to be an expert and, and to wear that role, uh, it, crea- it, it causes this context where you need to, well, be speaking up and sharing. And so I got that. I got to practice that actually a fair amount for a few years. And um, through that, I, I gained some, well, familiarity, even a taste for it. And it, it felt useful and helpful and, and good for me to be in that position. And that led to, um, I mean, eventually doing some public speaking and, well, podcasting for sure. And, for, and also to really gain comfort in aspects of being, well, like a design lead or a user experience lead. And uh, because you're, you're providing this focal point for a role. And a, so, again, you're sort of handed the, the spotlight over and over when you're in, a, in sort of a lead position in, in some kind of role when you're collaboratively building something in business. So, well, I thankfully was quite comfortable with that at that point. Like the, the idea of like, here you go, present this context for the criteria for your design, present the design and the, and the rationale so others can participate in it and all that. And so now there's this combination of, of um, well, walking through teaching and facilitating this feedback loop where it's not just something 
that well, it's not just a learning experience. It's participatory. It's all. It's a. It's a creative endeavor, and it has a little bit of this, uh, a combination of pressure of performance, and, um, encouraging participation at the same time with the, with with who you're you're presenting. Because if you present a design and a client is sort of unresponsive, um, that's probably not a not a good thing. I mean. Is there a, a, are you missing something as far as the language and how, what are ways that you can connect with this audience? And so now the idea of performing and standing up, being heard and listening, all that stuff is, is, um, it's intertwined and feeling confident to do that in, in certain contexts, um, just makes sense to me. It's, um, and it's even appealing. And I don't know if others have that same kind of path. I'm just sharing my experience. I don't know if that sort of finding the practical uses for performing and listening and having a uh, finding a capacity to be willing to do that stuff for and with a group. Um, is that sort of an inherent thing for me or was it something I discovered and grew or I don't know. Um, because I certainly don't feel like, uh, a fully an introvert. I don't feel like fully an extrovert, but then when it's, for me, it's that utility thing. So, um, I think, I feel like I, the concept of being an ambivert is plausible to me. And I feel like that, um, that label can work, uh, at least for me. And I'm sure it's different for everyone. So, um, this is just me doing some journaling because I had been talking recently with someone about the whole introvert thing and even in the context of design. And so if you're in a situation where you're earlier and, and, you know, just, you know, leaving school or getting hired and to be on because of your resume and portfolio of, uh, you know, to just do this work for, um, you know, for a team and you may be in a role that is, as career paths are labeled like a, uh, a, like a early role or a junior role, I've heard it called. I don't even know if it's all right to call it that anymore, but like you're in a role that is not a senior role. And it, it but so you're, you're beginning and, uh, a lot of times there's someone else senior there helping hopefully, because especially in the realm of design, I mean, they've, that senior person should be providing the service of being a node and con- connecting all these ideas, including yours. And then you're, you, you practicing and exploring, sharing and, and uh, well, establishing a credible point of view and, and uh, capturing the story of what you designed and why. And, and, and you know, like how did you learn from the evidence and, um, and, create, and, and constraints and put it into something that looks like a, a plausible, a, a credible solution to a problem? And, and as you're doing that, you're providing value to the overall project and, and uh, hopefully the, the senior person who is, is helping you become practiced and comfortable at that as well. And that can be the thing where when the spotlight's on you and you're in a safe space and there is some context... I wonder if other folks feel that as well, where it's like, yeah, okay, I, I'll buy into the ambivert thing. The, this is a, this is a, um, it's functional, and and it's, and maybe it's a, you, <laughs> sorry, 
puns. What am I going to do? Maybe it's even fun. All right. Well, there's my thoughts on, on doing some journaling on this ambiversion thing. And, and uh, I'm practicing this month, you know, so many times publishing the Polytechnicast, which I love and enjoy and, and miss doing frequent updates. But then, well, here we are in the month of November and I am doing frequent updates and it's, it's a blast. And the catalyst for this is a creative challenge that Jersey Droz and I started called Art Sound Off. And the whole point is to journal about your uh, journal about your process and things surrounding it making your work making your art and then that's it you can practice or if you want you can share it as well and so folks who are sharing their journals are doing so with the hashtag art sound off and if you want to learn more about this whole thing and maybe even give it a try and say hey what are some helpful ways to get started well there's some prompts and whatnot at the website artsoundoff.com all right so more to come still in the midst of November here. And uh, so I think I have at least 12-ish more updates. Okay, so this has been the Polytechnicast. I am Rob Stenzinger, and thank you very much for listening.